my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Right now, there is a trading strategy that is so dangerous, it is virtually guaranteed to ruin the lives of anybody who participates. But even worse, this trading strategy is gaining in popularity so rapidly that the collateral damage this thing causes when it does blow up will impact everybody. And this strategy is called selling zero day till expiration options. Now, if you've ever heard of the expression picking up nickels in front of a steamroller, well, this strategy is like picking up pennies in front of a nuclear bomb. And unfortunately, I know a thing or two about getting hit by a financial nuclear bomb because of trading options. Back in 2015, when I was a stockbroker, I had recently become an options trader. For a time period that lasted probably a couple of months, I was selling options like crazy. At that time, they didn't have as many zero day till expiration options as they do today, but at that time, they still had some that would expire in a couple of days or a week on the major market indices or individual stocks. I would 
sell both calls and puts on individual stocks and on the market as a whole. It was almost guaranteed. I felt like I was printing money. I felt rich. I felt like a god. I started off with just a couple of thousand dollars in my trading account. And on every trade, I was making a couple hundred to sometimes a couple thousand dollars to the point where sometimes even on a single trade, I would make more than I made in an entire month's salary. I thought I was taking on zero risk. Option buyers were paying me for. I thought they were the suckers because they were walking away empty handed and my account was going up and up and up. Just for some context at this time, this was still at the very beginning of my career. So I was making $45,000 a year at this point, but in just a couple of months, I had traded my account up from a few thousand dollars to about $25,000. And to me at the time, $25,000 was a ton of money. In fact, it was literally everything. And then disaster struck. Just like the house in a lottery, eventually somebody gets the winning numbers and the house has to pay out. But in this case, I was playing the house without being able to set the odds myself. So I had a few trades open that I thought there was no way these things could go in the money. I thought they should definitely expire worthless, but the market made a move I did not think it could make. And in one trade, I lost everything. It completely wiped out my entire account. Now again, to many people, $25,000 isn't a big deal. But think about this in terms of percentages because a 100% loss is devastating. I was taken out by it for weeks, probably months actually. I got sick to my stomach every time I thought about it. I had gone from feeling like I was on top of the world, like I was rich, I was making more money from trading than I was making from my paychecks to overnight feeling like a fool, like I was never going to be able to financially make it, like I was never gonna be able to recover from what I had just lost. But it taught me a very valuable lesson about trading and investing, mainly risk management. Like there's a reason why the best investors and best traders throughout all of human history all have the exact same number one rule, and it's never give yourself an opportunity to have a large loss, never expose yourself to something that could blow you up. Risk management is always the number one key. It's it's really the only thing that matters in investing. So no matter how good the odds seem like they're in your favor, if there's a 0.001% chance that you'll lose everything, it's a sucker's bet, stay away. However, many people today have not learned that lesson. Let's take a look at the specific strategy that individuals are using today with selling zero day till expiration options. Very simply, it means that you are selling options that expire on the day that you open up the trade. Now, this alone gives people a false sense of security because they think, hey, there's only a couple of hours until this thing expires, so there's much less of a chance that this could move against me. There's just so little time. So here's the basics of this strategy. I am going to sell a put on something like SPY, SPX, or one of the Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven are the big stocks that are responsible for all of the stock markets outperformance recently, which is Google, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, Nvidia, and Tesla. We're gonna focus on Nvidia, which is up a staggering 235% last year, because this is where most of this trading is taking place. And zero day options trading is one of the biggest reasons why this is actually taking place. Here's how this works. Everybody is selling puts on these stocks. If I sell a put to somebody, I have the obligation that I may have to buy that stock from the put buyer 
at any time between now and expiration. Usually that'll only happen though if the stock price drops below the price specified in the put contract, which is called the strike price. So let's look at a concrete example. As of the day of this recording, Nvidia closed at $610 per share. So maybe when the day opened, I would have sold a... My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
put contract with a strike price of $605 per share. Now, at some point in the day, I very easily could have sold this put contract for about $1.50. Now, you're probably thinking $1.50, that's nothing. But with options, every contract represents 100 shares. So that $1.50 is the per share price. So we multiply that by 100 to get $150, and I'm probably gonna sell 10 contracts. So it'll be $1,500. So the market opens around 610, it goes up and down, but it closes around 610 as well. I sold my puts at 605, which means I am safe. Within just a few hours, the market closes. Nvidia closes at 610. My put option at 605 expires worthless, and I walk away, the lucky seller getting to keep the entire $1,500 that I collected by taking on the risk of selling that put. And for a stock that only goes up, this seems like a risk-free way to print money, right? Okay, so here's the problem with this. Everybody's doing this trade right now. However, we know that anytime somebody sells something, that means somebody else is buying it, right? For every seller, you've gotta have a buyer. So if everybody is selling these puts, who is buying them? Well, the answer is market makers. You see, a market maker's job is to make the market in the security in which they are a market maker, which means they are responsible for making sure that at some price, if somebody wants to buy or sell something, that they will take the other side of that trade. But here's the thing, market makers do not make money on market movements. They're never gonna just take one side of the trade and hope it works out in their favor. They will always stay market neutral. They'll always be 100% hedged because they make their money on the spread between the bid and the ask on anything. They're basically operating like a middleman. Like when you go to Walmart and you buy something, you're paying a higher price than what the wholesaler sold it to Walmart for. Walmart is taking the spread between the wholesaler and you, the retail buyer. In the same way, the market maker is taking the spread between the buyers and the sellers of anything. So that's their whole business, is just to make money on the spread. They will not maintain a book that will profit or loss based on market movement. They will always be 100% hedged. So this is where it gets crazy. How do you hedge when you've bought a put? Well, consider the profit and loss scenarios of being on the buying side of a put. If you buy a put, you will profit if the stock goes down and you will lose if the stock goes up. So in order to hedge that, you need something that will act completely opposite. If the put loses money when the stock goes up, you need something that will make money when the stock goes up. And if the put will make money when the stock goes down, you need something that will lose money when the stock goes down. That way, no matter what happens, you're perfectly hedged. So the question is, what type of instrument can you use to make money when the stock goes up and lose money when the stock goes down? It's very simple, just buy the shares. And that's exactly what market makers are forced to do when everyone starts selling puts. They have to take the other side of that trade because there's nobody else out there who's buying those puts. They have to buy the puts themselves. In order to hedge, they have to turn around and buy the shares of the stock itself. That way they stay market neutral and maintain a market in those options. So 
put those pieces together. This means that as the stock goes up and more and more people pile into selling puts, that causes market makers to have to turn around and buy shares, which drives the price up even more, reinforcing the trading behavior. But that's not even the worst part. These individuals who are selling puts are not just stopping there. They're taking the $1,000, the $2,000 they collect from selling the puts, they're turning around and they're using that to buy calls. So buying a call and selling a put are both two different ways to make money on the stock going up. And they're both two different ways to lose if the stock goes down. So people are selling a put, taking the cash from that to buy a call. So now you have no money down, you financed your purchase of a call to make even more money as the stock goes up. And as more and more people buy calls, who are they buying those calls from? Market makers. Market makers have to sell the calls, which means they have to hedge those short calls. And how do you do that? The same way you hedge a long put, which is buying the shares. So both of these trading strategies that feed in on themselves, individuals selling puts, collecting cash, and then buying calls are both forcing market makers to turn around and have to hedge their books by buying the shares, which is pushing the stock price up to crazy heights. Now, by the way, one of the things that I teach members of Heresy Financial University how to do is how to properly use options. Everything we're discussing in this video is literally the exact opposite, most dangerous way to use options. But in reality, there are some very, very simple, very low risk strategies that you can implement using options to hedge your portfolio. So you limit your downside risk. If the market crashes, your portfolio doesn't. You can also use options to produce safe and steady income on a stock portfolio even if those stocks are not dividend paying stocks. You can also play small bets that have asymmetric upside potential to where if it doesn't work out in your favor, you maximum could lose a very small amount. But if it does work out the way you think it is, you could make a lot, you know, 10, 100, 1,000 times what you paid for the option. And beyond that, I teach you how to use all these different strategies inside how to fit it inside of your overall portfolio allocation strategy. On top of that, members get access to live coaching calls, the community, and tons of other training material. If you join now, you can get 30% off your membership for life. You just need to use code YouTube30. Link is below and there's limited slots available, so don't wait. So traders right now are selling puts, using that cash to buy calls, putting zero money down, profiting on the stock going up, and zero risk, right? Because there's no chance this stock actually goes down. Well, before I show you how badly this could blow up and how terrible the collateral damage is that this thing could cause when it does blow up, consider how rapidly this trading strategy is gaining in popularity. Number one, banks on Wall Street have their quants warming up to using these themselves. And they cite the same fallacy that for something with a shelf life shorter than 24 hours, it minimizes risk of being caught out by unfavorable overnight market moves, except it does nothing about unfavorable intraday market moves. On top of that, we have a giant list of right now, a dozen or so ETFs that are all designed to use these exotic options trading strategies in a way that will catch most people off guard. Taking a look at the investment strategy of just one of these funds, you can see this is exactly what they do. They sell call options and they sell put options. This one specifically does it on the S&P 500 index and it is a daily strategy for these zero day options. And just to be safe, the fund will make sure that the options will have a notional value of no more than two 
200% of the fund's net assets, which means that in the worst case scenario, the most they could lose is double the amount of money they have in the entire fund. <laughs> so. This means that this exotic options trading strategy, which for you to get approved to trade options, you usually have to demonstrate that you have some sort of experience or knowledge with how options work. But these ETFs are going to be made available to unsophisticated investors who will not be able to understand these strategies, let alone be able to use them in their own accounts, but they can buy these ETFs that do it for them, which will contribute more and more to these gamma squeezes happening all across the market. Now, Usually, big money in markets, whenever there are trends like this, big money gets in on the trend first and then exits by unloading on retail. This happens all the time, but we saw this most famously, the financial crisis. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
when banks loaded up on mortgage-backed securities and then unloaded them on unsuspecting retail investors once they knew they were worthless. So anytime new exotic strategies start rolling off the factory lines and ETFs just popping up out of nowhere, all with the same strategy, I get very suspicious because this is exactly how this thing blows up. Once you have enough retail money coming in, it allows the big boys to get out and exit the trade. And as soon as somebody starts exiting the trade, now you have a buyer of those puts. So the market maker doesn't have to take the other side of that trade anymore. Just in case that doesn't make sense, let's look at this from the individual's perspective again. Let's say I'm doing this trade today with Nvidia opening and closing around 610 and I have sold my puts at 605. Now, obviously I'm just a young, dumb trader. I don't have that much money in my account. I'm just doing this on my phone while I'm at my day job. And so let's say I only have $20,000 in my account. I was expecting that day to have $21,000. But now, let's say even just in the middle of the day, Nvidia drops just a little bit more to 590. Well, now I lost $15,000. Or let's say instead of me just selling 10 contracts because I wanted to make 1300 bucks. Let's say I had sold 20 contracts because I wanted to make uh, 2,600 bucks. Well, now if Nvidia starts dropping, it could very quickly wipe out the entire value of my account and get to the point where not only is my money gone, but I actually owe the stockbroker more money than I have in my account. That's right. My account balance could go negative here because if I start off with a $20,000 account and I'm expecting to make a grand or two grand on this trade, but suddenly it moves against me and I have to close out and it's gonna cost me 20, 30, $40,000 to close out the trade. I don't have that money anymore. And while that situation can happen and it's devastating, I've seen it. When I was a broker, I had to talk to clients who had millions of dollars in their account a few days before. They got themselves into some risky trading positions. It blew up overnight. They wake up and now they have a couple hundred thousand dollars due and nothing left in their account. I've seen it before. It ruins lives. It's possible. But what's more likely is that your broker will catch it right before it happens because it won't be moving so fast that they can't catch it and they'll just close you out. Which means that instead of letting you get to the point where you're gonna owe them money that they might not be able to collect from you, they're gonna go into your account and they can do this and they'll just sell all your positions so that you're wiped out clean, zero dollars left over for you, but you don't owe them anything. Now, this is merciful because you don't have to end up with a big bill due to them with no money to pay, but it also sucks because what happens if Nvidia pops that day after they sell you out? Sucks to suck, you should have managed your risk better. But this is where the real problems actually start unfolding in the broader market because a small intraday move can be enough to force me to have to close out my position or my broker do it for me. And when I close out a sold put, that means I have to buy the put to close it out. And when I buy puts now, that's more puts that the market maker doesn't have to buy. Or in other words, that means they have shares that they were using to hedge their book that they no longer need, so they have to sell those shares so they maintain a market neutral book. Which means this strategy pushing the shares higher and higher suddenly starts to reverse as the market makers get to sell. And when the market makers sell and the stock goes down, it 
forced me out, which means the next little move down might force somebody else out down the street. And when they get forced out, they buy to close their puts, which forces the market maker to sell the shares, which pushes the shares down even more. And we see a complete unwind of the entire thing that drove this thing higher to begin with. And this is how you get a flash crash after a massive run up in the market. It happens all the time. We don't know how long it takes for that pressure to build, but eventually it can unwind in a flash. And not only will it ruin the lives of the people who are engaging in this trading strategy, but it can also push the market into a new bear market, which hurts people who just have regular investing portfolios. Now, I'm hoping you will take my word for this and you won't need to experience yourself because it is devastating. Like I said before, having sleepless nights because you don't know how you're gonna be able to recover financially from a big mistake, thinking about all the things you could have done with that money instead of just watching it evaporate in front of your eyes, it's not fun. So three takeaways. Number one, if you are currently engaging in a trading strategy like this, that wins 99 times out of 100, and on the one, unlikely off chance that it doesn't go in your favor, it could blow you up. Just stop now because eventually it will ruin you. Get out while you're ahead. Number two, if you've already been caught on the wrong side of one of these trades, I know how it feels. You feel like your life is over. You feel like it's ruined. You feel like you'll never be able to recover. Trust me, you will. You can absolutely come back. It'll be very difficult and it'll probably take you a long time, but if you decide to come back from it, you will. Take the lessons that you learned, consider it a very expensive college course, if you will, and start doing things the right way. And number three, if you want to learn the strategies that the professionals use to manage their risk effectively, and you don't wanna to have to learn these lessons by losing tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars yourself, and you wanna learn how to beat the averages over time, because remember, like a bell curve, the average performance exists because a lot of people underperform and a lot of people outperform. So you want to be on the side that outperforms. Then it's time to sign up for Heresy Financial University because that's exactly what I teach members how to do. Remember to use code YouTube30. That'll give you 30% off of your membership price for life. And there are limited slots available. So sign up with the link below before it's too late. Thanks so much for watching. Have a great day. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.